Hey folks, just a quick heads up. This episode contains a little bit of coarse language, so if that's not your thing, maybe skip to the next one. Welcome to Two for None. We are back for the 2018-2019 international season. My name is Patrick Cullen, and I'm, of course, here with my delightful co-host, the magical Christopher T. Bardi. Bardo, how are you, sir? Are you pumped to be back? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. I am, I am. It took you far too long to think about that, pal. Um, well, you know, you've got, to, you've got to cite it before you hit it. You know, you can't... You, sure, you've got to watch sure, the ball sure, sure, out of sure. hand. Um, no, I'm, I'm very excited to be back, Pat. You know, these, these heady times of Australian cricket. Um, much uh, yeah. a, a summer of uncertainty awaits us. But, uh, you know, I'm excited the to see what happens. summer of uncertainty. I love that, Bardo. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's actually... A, 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 I've been optioned um, <laughs> by HBO. And, um, yeah. Um, I love it. The summer of uncertainty. It looked great on t-shirts, you know. And just maybe you have your face there, pal, just looking really quizzical. Yeah. Um, just like somewhat like, what's going on? What's coming next? <laughs> Who's going to be in the team? Who's in? Who's out? Well, Who's coaching? Nobody bloody knows. I often look confused. Um, so I don't know how much of a stretch confused is from quizzical. Um, but maybe <laughs> the fact that I don't know is the point. Um, you got range, Bardo. That's what I like about you, pal. You've got a, you've got range. And look, like the f- big football finals have been today and and yesterday. Um, the Eagles obviously scored a huge win. Football is officially done. Yeah, we've reached we've reached that point in the year, Chris, where it's all about the the leather and willow. Um, and I actually haven't told you this yet, but uh, I had my first game back for the mighty Summerhill Cricket Club uh, recently. Huge. I managed to bowl a whole 10 overs and not injure myself which is extraordinary uh and i got bloody two for 35 off eight wow so it's a great time we lost i had opportunities to win the game with both bat and ball and failed but um i would like to at this point actually send a shout out to the bloke at second slip who uh dropped everything all day he had hands like that they were covered in obviously vaseline until i sent a catch flying above his head he took an absolute pearl yeah right okay um I think he might have just like dried his hands off, just yeah. taking the Vaseline off at that point. Well, um, he clued, he, he clicked in, um, he clued, he clued on, um, and you know what, Pat, you, he knew what the big wickets was. He, Chris, he knew what the big <laughs> wicket was. was. You helped him find himself. Um, I've always said that about you, Pat. You, you help people find themselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guru. I'm a cricketing yeah. guru. That's what I am. Bit, I lead I mean, people to the promised land. Unusual that Vaseline was involved, but. Um, you know, otherwise all very standard fare. Um, <laughs> uh, Correct. Yeah. But we've got a huge show today, mate. We always have huge shows. Um, the people have been calling for some more JLT Cup action from us. Um, there's, of course, the men's team tour to the UAE. Mm. Um, there's India coming to Australia late in the year. Mm. And the women's team are over in um, New Zealand playing the Kiwis at uh, North Sydney Oval. So it, it's all cracking in, mate. You know, for the start of the season, things are going ballistic. Um, and we also have a couple of new segments mm. to announce. But we'll get to those at the end of the program. Um, what a time to be alive. Should we crack straight in, mate? Should we get to some women's cricket? Yeah, look, let's get on with it, mate. Let's bloody move it along. 
um, like Chris Gale in his prime. Uh, okay, so uh, the women's team, Bardo, uh, our ladies have been absolutely crushing it. We They beat the Kiwis 164 to 162, yeah. won by six wickets. Uh, Rachel Haynes was player of the match with a absolutely shellacking 69, uh, 11 fours and a six there, strike rate of 172. So she wasn't here to hang around, Bardo. She was here for a, a good time and a long time from the looks of things. Um, joined at the crease by the magical Meg Lanning, um, who was like a fine wine, B-Man. She just seems to get better with age. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Rachel Haynes obviously continuing continuing on her um, excellent form from last summer. Um, you know, we spoke multiple times uh, on the pod uh, last uh, last summer about what a fantastic uh, player she is. Um, and then, of course, Meg Lanning, who has uh, um, you know been at the top of women's cricket for so long now, um, continues to show why she is such a fantastic player. Um, they look, they came together at a crucial time in the in the game too. Um, you know, it's the Southern Stars uh, top order didn't exactly uh, set the world alight, but uh, a couple mm. of steadying hands there in the middle order um, uh, came together, and once they got going, um, really from there the Southern Stars were never particularly challenged um, and off to a good start for the summer. B-Man, how was that ball from Elise Perry um, early in the in the Kiwis innings? What an absolute corker to Susie Bates. Poor old Batesy, you knew nothing about that. Oh, I don't think anyone knew anything about it. Um, I, it was... Um, <laughs> it was like Einstein's uh, theory of relativity. People are still catching up. Susie Bates went from quizzical to confused. All <laughs> All in the one delivery. Um, she showed a lot of range, as you, as you say, Pat. Yeah, uh, absolutely. A lot of range. But um, no, look, uh, good to get the Elise Perry praise uh, out of the way early for the uh, for the start of the summer. I'm sure it won't be the last time that we uh, 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 praise uh, the great one. But um, that was a jaffer of a delivery, wasn't it? Um, just nip back in. Um, not much you can do about that. Um, first ball back of the summer. Um, and she's off to a flyer. Um, I thought some other performances as well were were, uh, were worth mentioning. Um, Ashley Gardner, of course, chucking down uh, some spinners was uh, looking at her usual uh, self. Um, and uh, the Southern Stars just uh, you know moving along nicely ahead of the uh, the T20 World Cup uh, next year. Such a number of high quality um, bowlers there too, B man. Like these one, two, three, four, five, six people, um, six bowlers, which is basically half the side. And most of them had pretty good economy weight, economy rates. Those that didn't took wickets. So look, as a bloke who usually has a terrible economy rate and picks up a wicket or two here and there, I'm um, I'm all about that. You know, sometimes you just need to go for a couple to lull them into a false sense of security, B man. Um, and that's when you really get them. Yeah. Yep. Um... Uh, well, look, I've been lulling into a false sense of security for uh, 20 years now, and uh, <laughs> I haven't taken a wicket yet, but when I do... It just shows you the range of that side, mate, and, and they're absolutely killing it. They look like they're a cut above, so it'll be interesting to see whether the Kiwis can put them under pressure for the rest of the series. I tell you what, pal, you should nip over, and we could go down to North Sydney and, and have a bit of a geese, because I know you love a bit of women's T20s when you can get around them. Yeah, I mean, as I said uh, last year, I think um, uh, what the women's B- WBB, um, WBBL does really well um, is they put on a fantastic show at, uh, at the Suburban Grounds. Certainly, I know that uh, the Scorchers do a great job at uh, Lilac Hill. Um, you know, it's just a really fun day out. Uh, you know, you get your you get your uh, picnic uh, rug and the 
the food trucks are all about and um you know you're sitting behind the white picket fence the sun's shining the river's on your back um you know it's, it's oh. a fantastic day and i can only imagine pat you know north sydney oval would be uh boasting uh, similar uh benefits Mate, it is a beautiful part of the world, even if you need to take out a second mortgage just to buy an ice cream. Um, hey, speaking of second mortgages, the um, Hurstville Oval is going to have to take out a third, I reckon, um, just to replace all the glass that replace all the glass that Darcy Short broke in his extraordinary oh, yeah. innings in the JL Cup, JLT Cup this week. Just mind-blowing, mate. He was eventually dismissed for 257 of 148, the third highest score in the history of men's one-day cricket absolutely ridiculous um apparently he went from 100 to 200 in 45 deliveries and then from 200 to 250 in 16 balls yeah crazy you watched the whole thing didn't you Chris? yeah yeah well i was really fortunate to have a have a day of annual leave and a day of leisure and um uh you know what better way to good day to pick great there, day pal. to pick great day to pick uh uh went down, <laughs> went down a local cafe had uh had the old uh uh nondescript android smartphone um open and uh, down at the local cafe and enjoying eggs benny and uh, a little bit of darcy short but i tell you what it was some innings um it was some innings because wa were in a bit of trouble um you know if you run down the score uh the scorecard you'll see that the mm. second highest score I, I think was uh, marcus thornis with 27 but wa had lost a couple of early wickets and um you know, in comparison to the rest of his innings, Short's first 50 was reasonably measured and I think came off about 57 deliveries, um, which is, you know, still a decent clip, but um, he really, really went bonkers there. Uh, really, it sounds absurd to say, but between 50 and and uh, 250, he just treated the Queensland bowling with absolute, absolutely no respect uh, in the best way possible. Um, and it was uh, just simply a stunning innings. Um you know, I, I think the way that he dealt with some of uh, uh, Queensland's better bowlers in, you know, and the likes of Billy Stanlake, who we know is an up-and-coming uh, seamer for Queensland, um, mm. you know, he just uh, made them look uh, absolutely pedestrian. Um, and then everything that Queensland tried just did not seem to work. They chucked on a couple of part-timers, uh, inclu- including Joey Burns, which I thought was... Oh, no. Reasonably, oh, geez. reasonably cheeky, but... Um, uh, to to Burns's credit, he did pick up the wicket of uh, I think Cameron Green, um, mm. who I think you know that's also worth uh, mentioning. Um, what a fantastic uh, job um, uh, Green uh, did down the lower order. Uh, I mean, both those guys uh, played their role to absolute uh, absolute perfection. Uh, of course, talking about Cameron Green and Matthew Kelly. Um, uh, they were out there for a, a, a very, very long time uh, in terms of minutes, but, uh, you know, didn't really face many deliveries because they just knew their role was to uh, play it safe, play it simple and get uh, get Darcy back on strike. Um, and that really helped propel WA to just an absolutely uh, mammoth total of 387. And I'll tell you what, I think Queensland mm. would be um, actually, as, as absurd as it sounds, reasonably happy with that because at one point 450 was not looking impossible and uh and a a 50 over 300 to um darcy short was well and truly on the cards there for a little while um but uh you know it was it's interesting mate because like tom the hawk hawkey when i caught up with him in macedonia asked me whether i thought we'd see a game where we'd see a thousand runs 
uh, in a one day in in the near future. And after seeing Darcy's shorts innings, you kind of think that that's getting closer and closer. You know that if someone like a Virat Kohli or mm. you know Chris Gale even decided to have an innings of a like you know had a similar innings, it could easily kick on like that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, um, you know. Uh, he, he struck the ball at you know 107 at a strike rate of 173, um, so you know not impossible. Um, and you know 257 off 148 deliveries. Well, I'm no mathematician, but you know 148 uh, you know is just about halfway there, and, and 250 is 257 is over halfway to 500. So yeah. um, you know I guess mathematically it, it's not impossible to see um, a, a 500 run game going. Um, it'd be some show and you'd feel terrible for the bowlers. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could happen. And um, it's just, it's really interesting to see the evolution of the 50 over game, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, And even the way that the English um, uh, played the Australians uh, last summer um, after having such a yeah. torrid time in the, in the test series, we're a completely different unit. Uh, with the likes of Jason Roy and Owen Morgan. Um, I mean, Roy in particular was uh, damaging. Um, and and um, it, it, it's really, it's an interesting time for 50 over cricket, I think, because a lot of people question, question its relevance. But when you see an innings like you saw from Darcy Short, um, you know, I just say roll on. You know, I mean, it's, it, it was phenomenal. Absolutely, pal. And and look, around the grounds, um, we've got to send a big shout out to Callum Ferguson as well, who's, you know, been battling for South Australia for so long um, and then came out and hit 133 against the Vicks, um, which is pretty darn impressive. Uh, so they, they scored a win there, South Australia, which is great because they've been mm. looking a bit, bit shaky for quite some time. Um, Victoria's had a pretty good lineup. Alex Carey was knocking around, but it was all Callum Ferguson. Jake, the uh, mini buff Lehman, uh, with arguably the best moustache in Australian cricket, uh, knocked in with a cheeky 44. Um, and Tommy Cooper, who's been in and around that side for quite some time now, is is in with 37. I, again, sort of, they're an interesting side, South Australia. Lots of players that um, are there and thereabouts, you know, who, who've been in and around the scene for quite mm. some time, starting to mature a little bit. They've got the vibe of a side in sort of two or three years that can be very, very, very damaging. Obviously, Joe Many and Kane Richardson are incredible bowlers and Zamp is coming along as well. So quite a lot of talent in that side, CTP. Yeah, well, I think you raised a couple of interesting points. I mean, I think, first of all, um, Jake Lehman, I believe, actually captaining that side as well. Um, oh, yeah, right. In the absence of Travis Head. So, um, you know, uh, I mean, by all accounts, a terrific bloke. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how he handles that responsibility because he's still sort of early doors in his own career. Um, but um, uh, I thought one of the other interesting features of today's match, um, obviously the you know magnificent century to Callum Ferguson. Um, you know, he may not have given up on international uh, aspirations either, and, and nor should he. I mean, we've seen the, the late career resurgence of guys like Adam Voges, um, Chris Rogers before him. Yep. Um, you know, yeah. and it, it, it's a time um, I, I think you know where we where Australian cricket needs some older heads, needs some steadying, steadying influences. So, um, you know, the, the the more runs you make, the better your chances. So, I mean, that's certainly one interesting act, aspect of today's game. Speaking of veterans, though, um, it was interesting oh, yeah. to see uh, Farwad Ahmed um, back on uh, the list there for the Victorian. Yeah. Um, age of 36, of course, Pakistani-born uh, leg spinner. Um, you may remember from a few years back, we uh, caused a bit of a citizenship uh, 
stir um, where we we rushed him th- we rushed him through. Um, uh, he wasn't an au pair. He was just a, le- a regular leggy. Oh, um, I was just about to say he got a visa faster than one of Dutton's au pairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Farwad uh, Ahmed you know, lost his state contract uh, at the end of last year as I think Victoria looked to move on to, uh, uh, you know, younger players. But uh, he, by all accounts, has had a terrific off-season playing in a variety of different uh, uh, limited overs uh, competitions, um, most notably, I think, in the Caribbean Premier League uh, under Simon Kadic. And, um, you know, by all accounts, He's uh, putting his hand up for uh, uh, international duties once again uh, with the, uh, of course, the the T20 World Cup and the 50 over format uh, in England later next year. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and um, of course, on the Redback side, the other s- sorry, mate. The other the other big standout there. Sorry, he only got 33, but we we can't go any further in the pod without talking about Glenn Maxwell. Um, who was monumentally pretty stiffed not to get picked to go over to the UAE with the Australian Test side, especially given his, you know, the the fact that he's generally viewed as a subcontinental specialist. Yeah. Um, chalked up a solid eighty last week and and chipped in again this week with a thirty three. Um, you know, I'm feeling a little bit sorry for Maxi Powell. Um, I feel like he probably should have been on the tour bus there. Yeah, well, I mean, by all accounts, he thought he he thought he'd done enough, and um, you know, because I didn't pick him for the uh, Australia A tour. Um, so he thought he'd done enough, and um, but uh, JL obviously had had other ideas. Um, his form has been reasonably solid, and look, everyone knows what um, uh, what Maxwell can do. Um, you know, he is such a um, you know multi-talented, multi-tooled uh, cricketer. Um, you know, JL's just uh, obviously asking to go back and, and make some runs, and um, a, a reasonable start uh, by all accounts. Thought he had an opportunity today. I mean, um, while we were setting up the the pod uh, today, Pat, we were just keeping an eye on the scores, and Victoria were about mm. six for two fifteen, uh, chasing two sixty five, um, and uh, Maxwell at that point was about thirty not out, and 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 batting with starting to bat with the tail. Um, you know, didn't close the game out um and look certainly you wouldn't put the loss um at his uh feet um by any stretch but one sense is that if those are the opportunities that you can take then that's when you know you really you know just you really knock the door down and say look i'm here i'm ready to play you've got to pick me you've got to pick me like you can't not pick me um, and uh, almost unfairly, you know, that's that's where uh, you know where I think uh, Maxwell finds himself at the moment, um, because he is such a multi-talented cricketer, and um, you know, I thought he had a reasonable tour of India last year as well. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't yeah, me too. It wasn't so long ago that he was he was making his first uh, Test hundred. So interesting times. Um, it's just consistency with that kid, isn't it? And, and it's exactly the fact that he went from getting an 80 last week to getting 33 this week that, that is sort of being held against him. I mean, there's one thing that JL really likes. It's blokes that can turn up day after day, especially in the tough times. And, yeah. and Maxi just occasionally gives way to pressure on those, on those fronts. So I bet JL's... I mean, this is me reading to Justin Langer's mind, but my thought there is that JL's thinking that he, he wants Maxi to show a bit more guts and, and grit it out in those um, tough situations like Langer used to do so much in games. Do you reckon that's a fair cop, B-Train? Uh, yeah, look, I, I certainly think that that's, uh, you know, it certainly seems to be the common perception, doesn't it? That, um, uh, you know, the, the big show persona 
um, you know, he's fantastic in the in the 2020 arena, um, but um, you know, it, it may have uh, hamstrung him a little bit, um, you know, by pushing for pushing for claims for his. Uh, um, you know, long, longer form uh, representation. But, uh, you know, I mean, we, we also can't forget that last year, you know, we just spoke about Darcy Short's fantastic 250. But, you know, Clay Maxwell also made a very handy 278 only last summer. Yeah, um, true. And really between, you know, a, a, and made a very handy century. I, I know in, it was in 2020, but in, uh, against, uh, against England. But, um, uh, you know, what, what more... If, uh, you know, but in, in his corner, what what more can he? What more could he have done uh, to um, secure a test spot between now and then? Because there's obviously limited yeah. competitive opportunity. So, look, it, it is an interesting one. I mean, obviously they're trying a few different things um, on, on the UAE tour, um, and um, you know, we'll see how we go. Yeah, it's a, it's a real interesting one, isn't it, pal? Um, we'll just have to see how that rolls out. Uh, look, let's have a look at a couple other scores there. Was there anybody else that we, we really love the work of? Um, WA obviously got a big old win. Uh, the Tassie Tigers have been doing pretty all right too, Beach Rome. They got a three-wicket win over South Australia a couple of days back as mm. well. Um, lots of cool heads in that team. Uh, Matty Wade got a century a little while ago, missed out this game. Um, ben McDermott uh, was the other opener there for Tassie. He picked up 102. Yeah. Um, and the classy Jordan Silk, who's actually mm-hmm. getting to be a bit of a, a pretty experienced player these days, um, chipped in with 71. Uh, Tasmania sneaking away with a win there. Yeah. Train. Um, not a massive amount of wickets. Richardson, um, Cameron Valente and Adam Zampa sharing the hall. And again, you know, Jake Weatherold, Callum Ferguson and Jake Lehman all in the runs for South Australia. So it's nice to see Tasmania bouncing back, mate. Uh, you know, they're missing some big players. Um, you know, the likes of Fulton yeah. springs to mind, um, who, you know, you don't have many players who are, you know, player of the tournament in the World Cup final knocking around. Um, so they're, they're doing quite well considering that. And it's a lot of heads there that are, that are, are pretty handy players. So do you know Garinda Sandu's moved down yeah. to Tassie, Bardo? Do you know about that? Yeah, so I saw that. Yeah, yeah, he has. And um, look, hopefully he gets some opportunities because again, he's another one when he's up and up and running, um, can do some damage. So uh, hopefully yeah, the move works out well for him. Hopefully, well, we'll keep a bit more of an eye on that as time goes by. Um, but by B train, let's turn our attention to the uh, games happening over in the UAE. Australia warming up for their two test series against Pakistan. Last time we we're in the UAE playing Pakistan, we got absolutely monumentally cataclysmically pumped um, and I'm hoping that that doesn't happen again this time. B-Train, what did you make of the uh, the squad? How are you feeling about how they've been playing? Um, give me a bit of an overview of where your head's at at the moment. Yeah, look, certainly um, uh, interesting uh, team, isn't it? Um, I think one of, the, one of the big selections for me was uh, Ben Doggett. Um, yeah. You know, they've clearly... I've got his stats up in front of me here, pal. Um, so, you know, he's got nine first-class games. So, not much at all. Um, 32 wickets. Best bowling is 5 for 77. He's got an economy rate of 3.74 with the ball, which is pretty damn good, Bardo, in first-class cricket. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, but, uh, you know... <laughs> 
he's seemingly been picked just because because of his out and out raw pace. Um, I saw in the media the other day that uh, Brett Lee was there out there working with him and, and was just seriously impressed with with uh, with Doggett and what he brings um, and felt that with a few uh, tweaks, um, you know, he, he could be regularly coming in and and and, and uh, rolling his arm over at over 150 clicks uh, per hour, which yeah, right. is very handy. And um, and and I think they they felt that that uh, that sort of uh, versatility in the pace attack is is what was required. I think someone like um, Chris Tremaine can probably consider himself uh, reasonably, uh, you know, may, may consider himself unlucky if he doesn't make the um, the first test team. But uh, yeah, I thought he was an interesting selection. Um, I think, you know, if you look at the team uh, that's that's uh, playing over there at the moment, um, you know, it'll be interesting, interesting again to see if they uh, go with uh, two seamers. Um uh, sorry, two, not two seamers, two spinners. Um, you know, Nathan. How pleasing is it to see John Holland getting picked, though, Bardo, on the spinners' front? Like, Johnny Holland was the forgotten man of Australian mm. cricket last year. He was the hardest working man in show business. He took so many wickets um, and just could not get a look in. So, really pleasing to see him there. Um, I tell you what, I was pretty surprised to see Peter Siddle get a call up. What did you make of that? Yeah, Adam? look, um, that is a really interesting one, isn't it? And and maybe that's just a a, a different uh, a different voice in this in the selection room, uh, moving from Darren Lehman to uh, Justin Langer. I mean, it, it pretty much seemed uh, um, under Darren Lehman that uh, Peter Siddle had his paper stamped, um, you know, and was was uh, you know too slow. Uh, to to crack into the uh, the Australian pace attack, but uh, look, you know he's uh, again. I think just a veteran presence. Um, you know um, offers. Um, uh, you know he's got broad shoulders and a good head on those broad shoulders um, in uh, in turbulent times, and and maybe that's just what uh, what's required at at, at the moment. Um, you know we are we do have a few injuries um, to our pace stocks at the minute, so. Um, yeah, just a couple, Butto. Just, just, yeah. just a couple. <laughs> just some key, just some key guys out. But uh, look, I thought that was an interesting selection. But I think again, it just rewards, um, you know, guys that are, um, uh, you know, putting in the work and and and, and uh, you know are, are reliable. You know what you're going to get with Peter Siddle. Um, yeah, so, that's true. Uh, and whereas you contrast that to someone like a Doggett, where um, you know, unproven really, he's an unproven entity. So um, maybe it's just on a bit of team balance there. But uh, look, good to see him back in Australian colours. Everyone knows how much Peter Sill enjoys playing for Australia. So hopefully, he makes the most of his opportunity. Yeah, I hope so too, pal. I hope so too. The other veteran who got picked um, from the wilderness was Aaron James Finch. Mm. Uh, Finchy never having played test cricket for Australia. Not known particularly for his first-class form uh, over the bat. Obviously, a prolific T20 and ODI player. Mm. Um, but a good call, I think, B-Train. If you're trying mm. to replace um, you know, Warner... In, with a similar style of batsman, then then Finch is a good call, and 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 also you know as at 31 years he's he's an experienced head. He's played a lot of cricket for a lot of teams. He's played a lot in India. He's played a lot in the subcontinent. So mm-hmm. um, a pretty good shout there. A pretty good shout, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I, I think. Um there's a couple of things that he brings. Um, I mean, obviously, um, you know, we know he's, uh, you know, can score runs and can score runs quickly, can change a match, um, you know, almost, uh, I guess, similar to the, you know, the David Warner 
mould uh, in the way that he can attack with the bat. Um, I think, you know, he's also, you know, he's a decent field um, and, uh, you know, can bowl a bit as well. You know, people, uh, you know, may not may not think about his uh, his finger spinners that he, that he throws down, but uh, they're more than handy in the short format in the game. And, uh, you know, if, uh, um, you know, if Tim Payne is just looking to eat up a couple of overs or looking to change, make, make get the bowlers to change ends, um, you know, it, you could do worse things than to... Uh, to throw the ball to, to um, Aaron Finch for an over. I think the biggest thing that he brings, though, um, is his uh, his leadership qualities. And and again, you know, as we talked about with Peter Siddle, um, you know, we, we these are turbulent times in Australian cricket and somewhat of the unknown. And um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the uh, the change of leadership. At, 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 you know, that we've seen over the last couple of days with Mitch Marsh coming in as vice captain. But um, I was just going to ask B Train, have you uh, have you been eating that big big gloating pie? Um, being the happiest man in town, finally got to put the humble pie in the bin and grab the gloating pie out and thought this is the meal I desire. Because pal, you called this one quite a while ago. Yeah, look, I, I enjoy I enjoy a bit of gloating pie. Uh... <laughs> it tastes a lot oh, sweeter than uh, yeah, humble it's nice. pie. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's the peaches. Um, uh, love to bloat on gloat, um, but um, look, it's I. I think um, you know it's, there's two in, two interesting aspects to this for me, and we're, we're obviously talking about Aaron Finch. Before I think you know with with Finch, he brings uh, he, he doesn't have necessarily a leadership role or formal leadership role within the team, but has been a leader for a long time uh, domestically, um, and you've got an emerging leader in in Mitch Marsh. So even though Mitch Marsh will be taking the vice captaincy, um, you know there are guys around him that can. Uh, uh, it's almost like a soft landing pad, if you like, um, and can help him to learn how to lead at an on a national level, which I think is great. I think the other thing too, with with Mitch Marsh being appointed to the the vice captain's role, I mean we saw. You know, last time when he was appointed the captain of Western Australia, what a fantastic job he did, but um, also what that did for his cricket. Um, you know, um, yeah. You know, he looked a Absolutely. he looked a better player, um, and obviously that was on the back of a terrific county season as well. Um, but he might be the type of guy where the more responsibility you give him, the more you give him, the better he does, the better he performs. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the more he turns up and, and, and some guys are like that, you know, some guys, um, you know, when they've got the captain's armband, um, just play out of their skin and, and just prepare better and, and, and do, do things, um, to a high standard because they feel a, a sense of responsibility to, to the others in the team. And, and maybe he's one of those guys. So, um, really interesting choice. Um, obviously I don't think we'll see much of Josh Hazelwood in his vice captaincy, uh, uh, role. I think he's, yeah, not for a while at least. Um, so, um, again, it gives Mitch Marsh a, a good chance to have an audition, but, um, um, good on him. I think it's fantastic. And, and, um, you know, uh, one of the things I think to come out of the South African, uh, uh incident, um, you know, clearly is that, that uh, maybe there was a bit of a, a leadership vacuum and, and not enough guys willing to, uh, or confident enough to, to stand up and say, you know, this is how this is how things should be done. Uh, so um, you know, the more people that we that Australian cricket gives those opportunities to, the, the better, I think. Yeah, and it spreads the load out too, especially for a guy like Tim Payne who really hasn't played that much Test cricket and is all of a sudden in charge of this huge operation. Yeah, um, it's it's a lot to, it's a lot to ask, and I think I think having a few guys there who are like, yeah, I'm putting the hand up, I'm ready to rumble, I'm the, I'm prepared to to do the hard yards and and help out the skipper wherever it's needed is is a good thing. Um, 
110 um, percent. And look, mate, he's been an interesting one, Painty. Um, there's some talk that he's going to mess with the batting lineups a little bit. So Finchie's obviously going to open, but there's been some talk that Kawaja might bat open as well, and mm. Renshaw come in three. Um, you got Marsh, Head, Marsh, Payne in the middle order there, and then Holland, Lyon, Nessa, Stark in the tail. Mm. Um, so an, an interesting little lineup there, pal. I mean, I, I kind of can see the logic of it. I mean, Uzi Kawaja is not the greatest player of spin. I think that's been very well documented. And, and trying to get him out when the ball's as hard as possible, so as new as hard as possible, might yeah. insulate him a bit from that really big moving ball. Um, I mean, the, the UAE is a really difficult place to play cricket. The wickets are low. They are flat. The grounds, the ball doesn't will either fly across or you'll get no fours at all. Um, it's hot as anything, 40, 50 degrees Celsius in the shade. You know, boys sweating bullets. So it's a difficult place to play cricket. It's a difficult place to land in and then go straight into a two-test tour. Um, and even though Pakistan have had some big losses too last year with the skipper and, and a couple of other players ducking out, I, I think that they are 100% the favourites, mate. It's going to take a huge effort from a very new side of Aussies to, to mm. get a few wins out there. Um, what do you make of it? Oh, look, and let's not forget that the last time we Australia played Pakistan in the UAE, we lost to zip comfortably. We certainly did, pal. We got pumped. You know, so certainly not to be taken lightly. Um, you know, Pakistan um, are enigmatic, um, but at their best, they are um, a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, uh, you know, this is really a tour of unknowns in, in many ways. One, because you never really know what you're going to get from Pakistan. You know, are you going to get, um, you know, the electrifying, um, you know, run scoring, uh, you know, team. Wicked taking, taking, taking yeah. you know, you know um, just setting things alight in the field. Um, you know, or are you going to get the team that is, is just not interested um, and, 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 you know, um, absent? Um you know, so there's all that kind of thing. The other thing I'm excited to see, you know, is, is you know of the of the crop of new players who perhaps you know would not have got a look in in a, in a traditional um, you know Australian Test lineup. Who's going to take the Who's going to take their opportunity? Um, you know, I mean, Travis Head's been mooted for a long time as a as a, a future international player by you know by Australian, Australian selectors. Um, you know, he's done some reasonable things in in, in the one day domestic scene, um, and obviously captain South Australia previously at a, at a very young age. Um, you know, is this you know is he the one? Um, you know, or could we see you know could this be the beginning of a um, of a of a Hayden esque uh, renaissance from from oh. uh, Aaron Finch. Oh. Chris, be still my beating heart. Um, what if what if Aaron Finch gets out there and just gets out the broom and just starts sweeping everything? I would love that. <laughs> I would love that a lot. Um, and you know, mate, Pakistan. Uh, you know, they've got some great bowlers there and some pretty solid batsmen. I mean, Yasir Shah is going to turn them about three and a half kilometres mm. left to right. Wahab Riaz will try and take everybody's heads off. Um, you know, they've got some talented players. The skipper Safraz Ahmed is is a fiery sucker. He's not here to mess around. Um, Babar Azam proved last time he was in town in Australia that he can play. Um, so you know, a, a bunch of players there who are who are are really solid operators um Hassan Ali as well so you know I think it's going to be really tough work Chris if we work away with a draw in one of them or a win in one of them I will be impressed please surprised yeah absolutely I describe myself 
it's going to be a, a big lot to ask. So look, mate, um, oh, and on that note, actually, if you are a fan of this podcast and you would like to be our Pakistan correspondent for these next two tests, shoot us an email. Um, drop into the Two For None Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and type in Two For None or shoot me an email at gingersnapsydney. That's G-I-N-G-R-S-N-A-P Sydney at gmail.com and uh, register your interest. It literally requires you having an iPhone and giving us some good, good banter, treading in the well-trodden footsteps of Tom the Hawk Hawkey and Chris the Goodman Goodrick. Uh, Bardo and I will even give you a nickname if you don't have one already. That's a service we can provide. Um, same goes for Indian cricket fans uh, for the four tests coming up in the summer. Hit me up. We'd love to get some diversity, Bardo. We'd love to get some more female voices on the pod. Um, we're obviously two straight white men talking yeah. for, for an hour. So anything to break that up, I think, is good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's... Uh it's a bit samey. It's a bit samey. It's a bit samey. It's a bit samey. Need, so a, if you want to break up the same, you need a right hand, left hand so. combination. That's what you need. Yeah, that's what you. That's what we need. Um, but speaking of right hand, left hand combination, I think it's time we reveal our new segment. You've got a segment idea, don't yeah, you? Yeah, hit me. Yeah. Um, well, look, there are many um, cricket uh, novels, novellas, stories. Uh-huh. Um, other, it's worth pointing out, but I think we need to tell the people that you uh, have been listening to a bit of Audible lately. Yeah. You've been getting into uh, the old audio Yeah, I love an audio book. Um, it's great when your eyes are lazy, um, <laughs> both figuratively and literally. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoy an audio book. I, you know, it's... Uh, uh, do a lot of do a lot of driving throughout the day. You know, I don't... I don't uh, oh, I spend an hour or so in the car, so it's, it's good. Um Keeps you informed with what's going on with written word. Um, Absolutely. But uh, the cricket, you know, I mean, is, a, is a, an area where there are so many books out. So many books. Millions. Um, and you, you, you know, captain's diaries, you've got histories of cricket, you've got thoughts on cricket. Memoirs. Um, anyone that's ever bowled a spin delivery will have a, a book <laughs> detailing their spin on cricket. Um, ah. um, I, th- I even think that's the title of Richard Benno's autobiography is called My Spin on Cricket. Oh, my Lord. Um, so, you know, w- we know that you want to read them, but we also know you can't be bothered. So what we thought what we thought was uh, we would unveil a new segment called Crick Lit. <laughs> I like it. It's a good title. Patent pending. Uh, Crick Lit, <laughs> uh, where we, uh, Pat, you and I will... Uh, engaged with a cricket text um, between pods. Come back, discuss it, detail our thoughts, uh, and uh, and then give a review so that the uh, the our valued listener can then make a decision about whether or not they'd like to become a reader of that text. Outstanding idea, B Train. Cricklet will be a hit, I reckon. Um, let's let's think about this first book though to kick things off. I mean, my my thought is, Bardo, that we read the terrible ones so other people don't have to. Um, that we try and find you know some really really great aka terrible cricket writing and look i've done a little bit of research and 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 what's pointing to me is uh michael clark's autobiography um my story is supposed to be an absolute shocker um i actually have a page of it here which i'd love to read to you are are you ready sure strap in this is uh 107 page 174 of michael clark's my story I remember once after a particularly rousing Ashes victory in Headingley, the boys were in high spirits in the changing room. I wasn't in the party spirit though, because I sent Lara a photo of a kitten in a teacup at lunch and she hadn't texted me back. And on top of that, airport security had confiscated my hair hair highlighting kit. 
Watto came over with a beer and tried to lighten my mood, but the smell of brute was so overwhelming I almost gagged. Then Ricky Ponding shouted over, said that I should come over because he had got me a crisp Sav Blanc, and the lads knew I wasn't keen on beer. But when I reached him, it turned out they didn't have any Sav Blanc. They just made it up to hurt my feelings. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, oh, man, boy. that's a train wreck. That oh, is a boy. terrain wreck. Oh. Holy dooly. Mm. <laughs> so that's a contender. Uh, yeah, that yeah. could be a... Uh... <laughs> okay. Sorry, Gideon Haig. <laughs> what have you... <laughs> yes, sorry. sorry, Gideon. Rain it in, pal. We're going to have to wait. <laughs> We're going to have to trawl through some crap before we get to Gideon Haig. Um, yeah. Got to slay a few dragons to get the princess, Chris, is what I've been uh, led to believe. Oh that's what Mario taught me. Right, okay. Well, this will be some dragon. Um, <laughs> what have you got there, pal? Uh, look, uh, um, it, <laughs> there is uh, one that uh, came up in my uh, audio, audible uh, suggested uh, listening page, uh, and that was uh, Chris Gale's autobiography. Uh, oh, wow. Um, disturbingly titled uh, Six Machine. Oh, jeez. Goodness gracious. Um, that could be worth a yeah, go. That'll at least be entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Look, um, either or, um, <laughs> it's up. It's doesn't. Um, who's that angry sucker from uh, the England cricket team? The all rounder. Uh, doesn't he have one Phil out? Tufnell? Phil Tufnell. No. No. Ben, ben Stokes. Stokes. Yes. Oh yeah. Ben Stokes has an autobiography <laughs> called Firestarter. <laughs> uh, wasn't he recently up on an assault charge? Um, I believe, I believe yeah, he okay. was. I mean, that's, you know, unfortunate. Um, <laughs> Rain it in there, yeah. Benno. Um, look, um, any of those, really. I mean, you've got a hat-trick of, um, uh, I guess their books, the words were in pages. <laughs> um, or in ears, if you, you know, um, listen that way. But, um, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to pick a book. We're going to review it. Um, and um, we'll let you know if it's worth getting. Um, some are good, some are bad. B-Train, I th- I'm, I'm, I'm tending towards Six Machine because I just think that Chris Gale might bring us a few more laughs. I think if I read Michael Clark's biography over there, I, I may just want to be sad and vomit. I'm not sure it's going to make good podcasting. You'll you never feel the same way about Sap Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Clark killed Sap Blanc for me. Before yeah. that, I was a big, I was a big Sav Blanc fan. Yeah. Um, let's go for Chris Gale, bud. Let's yeah, order all that this week, and we'll come back after the next yeah. test and give people a review. Also, I've, you know, I'm Shane Watson. I'm a little annoyed. Um, I tried to yeah, right? to cheer you up, and you told me I smell. Um, <laughs> not very nice. Um, no. Well, look, great. Yes, six machine. Lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in, folks. And that will probably do us for today, Bardo, I think. Let's wrap it there. Um, thank you, sir, for, for coming on in. Lovely to see your face. Um, absolutely bloody delightful to be back. And I'm sure the people are pleased as well. Uh, ladies and gents, make sure you go to the iTunes store and you like, rate, and review this pod. Um, spread the word. The word has been spreading quite rapidly, and, and Chris and I are really enjoying that. So um, if you've got a cricket-loving mate, do tell them and um, get two for none out there in the universe. If you know anyone who's a fan of Pakistan or India and would like to be our Pakistani or Indian cricket correspondent for the upcoming summer, then do get in touch as well. Um, we'd love we'd love some more voices on the pod. So I think that's about it, B-Train. We'll probably be back after the first test to give a bit of a review of that and, of course, to go through Six Machine, the Chris Kale Odyssey. 
But uh, you got any final thoughts for us, pal? Um, I'll keep them to myself um, until uh, after <laughs> Six Machine. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. We're running that in. Cue the theme music. Go those Aussies. For none is Patrick Cullen and Christopher T. Barty. You can get in touch with us on Facebook at Two For None. Just have a bit of a search there. Also, you can shoot us an email at gingersnapsydney at gmail.com. We'd love to get some more voices on the pod, folks. So spread the word, get your friends in, get your family in. Let's all make it one big family pod experience. <laughs>